Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Estee Lalonde Show. I'm your host, Estee Lalonde, and today we'll be delving into the world of five element acupuncture, what is it? How does it work? Let's talk about it. I couldn't think of anyone better to discuss this subject with than my own acupuncturist, Johnny Childs. You can find him on Instagram. Go give him a follow at Johnny Childs Acupuncturist. And he operates out of Kite Clinic here in London on Wimpole Street. And one last thing before we get started, I don't care what Johnny says, I do not smell rotten. Hello, Johnny. Hi, Estee. <laughs> How are you? I see that you're in your, would you call it an office? Is that what you call it? I, I am in my clinic on Wimpole Street, yes. Clinic, so, yeah. Office slash clinic slash where I live. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here like 12 hours a day. I thought this podcast would be interesting for people because I feel like there are a lot of misconceptions and ideas around acupuncture and it's kind of one of those things that when you're into it, you love it and you sing its praises all the time. But if you've never tried it or you don't know anyone that's tried it, you kind of have no idea what it is. And you also maybe think it's like not even a real thing. So first of all, what even is acupuncture and how many types are there? Okay, so um, this is five elements acupuncture. Um, so this version, it's considered to be one of the oldest forms of acupuncture. Um, the reason why it's called five elements acupuncture is that it's based on the natural laws of nature that, that have existed you know, for thousands and thousands of years and still exist obviously today. When we look at the workings of nature outside, um, how does that operate in a human being on the inside? So it's kind of to recognize that human beings uh, are part of nature, not human beings, you know, we're not separate to it. So we're not human beings kind of running around in nature. So if you take the five elements, and, and so if we look at those in nature, and then I look at you, or my patients, or, or whoever, um, we're looking at how they sit in that patient. So I'm getting a sense of how the five elements sit within you and operate within you. But in human beings, you know, everyone has one element that dominates as the most deficient, or you know, the weakest, or the most kind of troublesome. So it's my job to kind of find, you know, to diagnose which element in you kind of went down first. Right. Well, we're going to get there because I thought we could maybe use me as a bit of a case study because I'm okay yeah. talking about it. But okay, so that's five element, but there are also lots of other types. So there's acupuncture yeah. you can get, you know, for your muscle specifically or facial acupuncture. Like, are there just loads and loads of types? The other kind of type that's very, very um, sort of common and very popular is called TCM, which stands for traditional Chinese medicine. Um, and then I, like you say, there are other kind of forms that uh, the therapists might use for things like facial acupuncture and also, you know, even physiotherapists might use needles as such, but they're not using kind of um, meridians or acupuncture points necessarily. But in terms of TCM, so traditional Chinese medicine, um, what tends to happen is it's not that one is better than the other, it's that they're just very different approaches, but they often get kind of lumped together as kind of, you know, acupuncture as such, as one thing. So if someone is looking for more of, say, a, a holistic approach or um, kind of more patient-centered as such, then five element is more likely to suit their needs. But I mean, obviously, I'm a little bit biased as such, um, 
we, I mean, we don't treat symptoms directly um, with the five element model. You know, like this clinic here, Kai Clinic, it's known for treating fertility. But the irony is we don't treat fertility at all. So there's no such way or method to do so under this kind of, you know, the five element model. Mm. So our job is to discover, you know, what is the underlying weakness in you or in any patient? You know, it, and what we do is support that. So the outcome in that person improves in many different ways. You know, one of them being perhaps, you know, fertility, as well as perhaps their digestive system, you know, their energy, their sleep, all that, all that kind of stuff. The body starts to work, work more kind of efficiently. Mm. So it, you just mentioned a whole lot of like symptoms there, digestion, fertility, that sort of thing. Can acupuncture, I know you just said you can't like target specific things, but what can acupuncture help? So it can help with digestion, it can help with fertility, anxiety, depression, that sort of thing as well? Yeah, for sure. So, okay, so with this style, so to do this style, you've got to really understand cause and effect. So for instance, in the world that we live in as such, every symptom, no matter if it's you know, physical, mental, emotional, um, it's, it's Every symptom is it's, um, it's known as an effect as such. So if we have a symptom, we must find the cause. So if, for example, you know, if I wake up, I don't know, with a hangover as such, it's because I've had too many tequilas, too many white wines, who knows? But, and, we, and we understand that. But what we don't do is take that kind of simple example or method and relate it to a symptom. So you know, acupuncture is different to other schools of thought in that your symptoms are simply seen as alarm bells or say alarm bells of distress, and a welcome signal, in fact, to say, you know, you're, it's like nature saying within you, something's not quite right here. Mm-hmm. So with our approach, you know, rather than trying to sort of silence the symptom, we've got to go, okay, then what, where's all this coming from? So we have a patient that's walked in who's got, you know, irregular periods, painful periods, um, headaches, no energy, uh, can't sleep properly at night, um, you know, a bit of anxiety in the mix too. So there's no points, no point, no acupuncture points for, you know, anxiety, no acupuncture points for the irregular period. So we go, okay, these are like alarm bells coming through. Okay. And what we want to do is go, okay, so this is happening, this is happening, and this is happening, but where is it all coming from? Okay. So you mentioned the phrase school of thought. Now let's back this up. How does one go to school for five element acupuncture? Because it's quite observational. I mean, there are acupuncture schools out there. I mean, usually in terms of studying, it's a three year course. Um, Courses are very though academic in a sense. So when you do an acupuncture course this day and age, to make it kind of degree level as such, you've got to um, do many kind of research projects. You've got to understand Western medicine, medication, Um, you know, biochemistry, all that kind of thing, as well as an education in different forms of acupuncture as well. So now, I mean, this, our our clinic here, so we offer our own sort of um, apprentice sort of school in a way, which is called Yellow Path. And what we do with Yellow Path is basically say, this is how you understand and treat with five element acupuncture. So what we're saying is, ultimately, this is how to do it. So we've kind of got rid of the other forms of acupuncture, which, you know, have their place for sure. But what we're saying is to really be a great five element practitioner, you've got to simply, you know, understand just just the five element approach. Does that make sense? So we're saying, you know, don't don't so much say, you know, you haven't got to understand TCM or facial acupuncture or how physios use needles, et cetera. That's all valid and has its place. But if you want to be a five element practitioner, you know, this is how you actually do it. And it's a big kind of master apprentice approach. Um, so it's much more about kind of using your senses because the way that we diagnose is through our observational, uh, well, our senses in a sense. So it's the way people look, um, the, you know, we pay attention to how they feel. We, we listen to certain things. Uh, we pay attention to how patients smell even. So with our course, what we're saying is, Okay, this is how you get, gain the skills to be able to do that. We're going to open up your senses. Mm. It's not an academic thing. You know, you can't say, here are the smells. You <laughs> yeah. Know, you know, learn how to smell. So we're so used to this day and age of if you smell something you don't like, you go, oh, I hate that. So you just move away from it. 
with our course, what we're saying is great, it's amazing. Okay, smell it more. You know, <laughs> <laughs> open up your offices and really take that in and go, wow, what is that? That's incredible. And then what we say, you know, with our diagnostic way of being is, okay, so that's that smell which we might label as perhaps uh, rotten. Okay, great. That's really interesting. So the, the patient smells like, you know, rotten to a degree. Um, and we say, where? So what, what's the color on their face? What is their emotional kind of default setting? Okay, how do they actually sound? And all those kind of different flavors take us to the element that needs addressing and helping. Uh, that's really interesting. Do you think the people who smell rotten know they smell rotten <laughs> or not? I don't think so. Um, it's very subtle in that. So when I have a patient, for instance, um, so I'm down here in the basement in the, in the clinic, so the buzzer will go. And if it's a new patient, I'll be like, okay, you know, you've got to go for this. So um, I go upstairs and greet the patient. And a lot of it is based on kind of that, that, that first hit you get from a patient. So when you walk into the waiting room, it's like, wow, so how do they greet me? Oh. And, you know, do they sort of look at me and all fearful and sort of, you know, about their seats and kind of dismiss me in a sense. Um, so, you know, that, that goes on in the waiting room. So the diagnosis already takes place there. Then we come downstairs. So what I do in regards to the smell, um, or as part of it, is when the patient comes downstairs, I'll hold the door open, they walk past me, because you only really get the odor when there's kind of movement as such. And you know, the patient walks past you, you get a sense of the odor. So going back to your question of, you know, are the patients aware? I don't think they are, in a sense, um, because I think we're very, you know, we're we're very outward minded and we're very um, caught up in other things, more materialistic things or we're caught in our minds. And also we cover up our smells. So to a degree, yeah, we are aware of a certain smell perhaps, but you know, we're you know, in this day and age now, we're with all different senses, et cetera, et cetera. People who have perhaps have partners and things, it's they're aware that their partner has a certain smell, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, look at yourself you know for instance so i mean are you aware if people that you're close to that they have a certain smell yeah i'm very aware of that and especially when i moved from canada to england i really missed the smell of my mom i know that's oh. so weird but i remember going home for the first time after i moved here i was so homesick and walking in the front door and just like smelling one of her sweaters that she had yeah. hung up. It, it's just so comforting, you know? So, okay, next time I come in to see you, I'm gonna be very self-conscious about what I smell like. Yeah, and for us, that, that's, like, that, that's like a distress call coming from the body to say, okay, it's like an alarm bell in a sense. Okay, this is the organ or is it, this is the element that needs, needs attention here or needs help. Mm. You're picking up on something there. But right. for you, you like it. But for me as a practitioner, I'd be like, ah, okay, that's rotten, or ah, that's rancid, or ah, that's putrid. And each of those take us to the element that's kind of screaming in a sense for, for, for help. I want to talk about maybe me as a case study, for instance, because yep. I actually first came to see you because I got an email from someone and it was just like an email to my generic email. And she was like, Estee, you don't know me, but I watch your videos and I've been seeing Johnny and he's such an amazing person. I really think you would connect with him. And I was personally going through a lot at the time. And obviously she'd picked up on that somehow. And I came to see you. And I remember that first appointment was pretty brutal. Do you remember that? And you can speak openly. I'm an open book about this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's talk about diagnosis yeah. and talk about metal and I'll pull in what my experience of you kind of within, sure. within that. Um, so what we're looking for when we diagnose is sort of what, what is getting in the way of the patient feeling um, comfortable within themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that we diagnose in a sense is four ways that I've kind of touched upon already, um, which I can talk about more in depth later is, but basically by first of all, looking predominantly at the color uh, on the face, just by the eye, just, I'm touching, but it's, it's an audio, literally just by the eye, so kind of just lateral here. Um, we also listen to the sound of the voice, um, the odor, which we've touched upon already, uh, that they emit, and the predominant sort of default emotion. Um, that's, you know, the patient kind of keeps going back to 
to or perhaps can't get away from. Those combined, those four sort of things combined, take us down kind of the rabbit hole, if you wish, mm-hmm. to the element that is um, in distress. So for example, so I diagnosed you as metal. Yeah, the metal element. So when this element is in distress, the color that we see on the person's face is just white, not all over, but literally just next to the eyeball. The sound of their voice is like a weep, like a very gentle sort of sobbing as such. Um, the smell is of something kind of uh, rotting, which you've already spoken about. That's horrible rotting. to know. <laughs> yeah, they're all awful, don't worry. Okay. It's, all, uh, it's almost as if the person's pores aren't sort of opening properly, so that, you mm-hmm. know, the clearing of the way the waste isn't, isn't happening efficiently, which creates the actual smell. So the primary emotion then is kind of grief, yeah? So when we say grief, it's more about the person's sort of, it's kind of sort of caught in the past memory of obviously either someone or something instead of kind of moving or be able to be in the present. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also a lot to do with connection to connection as well. So, you know, can, can you connect with the patient? Can they connect with themselves? This is kind of sort of stuff you might observe. Um, so for people whose element is metal, let's say, it can become really hard to kind of connect with the here and the now. So the, the, you know, the patient often looks to uh, different times or kind of longingly looking at another time as such. So the metal element in itself relates to the lungs and it relates also to the colon. So they're a bit like brother, brother and sister. So what we need is for those two to work really, really well. And when they do work really well with each other, the metal element ensures the quality of all things, physical, mental, emotional, all is happening at the same time. Yeah. So because I diagnosed you as say metal, metal as the kind of the, the most troublesome or the weakest, however you want to label it. When you come for treatments, what I want to do is strengthen that. Mm-hmm. So the needle action kind of reflects the fact that we're trying to encourage something or increase something. So in a way, it's kind of no different to tuning up an engine. Yeah. So what metal does to us, it kind of gives us all the capacity to kind of to see the quality and value in life, as well as our own kind of self-worth and the ability to look at kind of what lies ahead and kind of beyond our beyond ourselves as such. So it also allows us to let go. So I mentioned earlier on about the lungs and the colon. So the lungs are all about how we connect with something more kind of beyond ourselves, call it divine universe. God, not necessarily in a religious sense as such. Also how we connect with ourselves. So when you came for treatments, you know, I said, okay, great. Um, Esther is white. The sound of her voice is a weep, but like a leaf falling, just. uh, uh, uh. (laughs) That's interesting. That's the sound. The emotion is grief and the smell is rotten. Then I also go, okay, so that's the metal elements, which is two organs. Then you go, okay, well, is Este more um, lung or is she more large intestine? Meaning, does the patient have issues with trying to connect? Can they receive okay? Or is it like a veil in front of them, like a disconnect in a way? Or, okay, if that's happening, which it was with you. So when we talk, I, you know, I feel that what I say lands with you. You understand it, you digest it, you give it back. So we have like a bit of banter back and forth. So, okay, I go, okay, so we've got Este. She's metal. She's definitely more large intestine. Intestine is about the ability to be able to let go appropriately. So it's a bit more like you're looking for the quality in things, the quality in life, and get kind of disappointed quite easily in a sense. That is interesting. I don't actually think I've ever heard you say that. And for those listening, I forced Johnny to talk to me about this during our entire treatment because I'm so interested in it. But the disappointment, yes, I can go from happy and excited, having the best day to the most disappointed person on the planet, like in an instant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that probably happens a couple of times a day, or you could yeah. be stuck in that for, you know, it's a bit like your default place. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I'm picking up on. So when we have a patient and we're trying to get the diagnosis, you offer them different things. So you're trying to get rapport, not rapport, meaning like, Hey, how are you? You know, official rapport. You've really got to kind of get in there and kind of press their buttons in a sense. So you're offering, you're offering them different things. So if you have someone who's water, let's say, that's all about kind of survival and um, um, 
yeah, survival. And you know, is there enough? Can you survive? So what if, if the patient is water, what they want is kind of reassurance, you know, because of fear in a sense so they you know if you offer them assurance they gobble it up and you go great this is someone who's water someone who's wood let's say it's all about structure direction they're coming at you so you've got to kind of you've got to meet them halfway you've got to match them someone who's metal you've got to kind of you've got to give them a qualitative experience you know they're after the best you know You know, it, again, it goes back to what metal gives us, it gives us the capacity to see the quality and value of life. And, it, you know, as well as our own self-worth. So someone who's metal, if that's not happening, if that's their weak spot, they're not seeing the quality in life. You know, they're not able to see their own self-worth a lot of the time. That's where they're, that's where they're kind of, um, that's their pitfall. You know, they can't see their, their potential. They can't see, you know, nothing's really good enough. Yeah, nothing is good enough. You're looking for perfection. Yeah, yeah, but perfection, so you know, sometimes it is it holds you back a bit because you don't even try sometimes because you know you can't meet your own expectations. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, this day and age now, it's you know things like I'm trying to think, you know, perfectionism, you know, trying to achieve too much, you know, that's that's a massive anxiety in itself. Yeah. I see that with lots of younger, you know, younger patients that come in who um, let's almost label it anxiety in a way or unknown anxiety that patients will come to me and you can see that they, you know, they strive for perfection. You know, they're, they're competing for, you know, X, Y, and Z in, in this day and age. They're, you know, fearful of fa- failure. They're overanalyzing everything. Um, they're people pleasing or you know, to avoid kind of, you know, fear of rejection. That is all forms of anxiety that people don't even realize they're, they're in or that they have. So when you treat the patient for the first time and they come back session two, we've nailed it with the diagnosis and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's like, wow, something changes within themselves. And they might realize how anxious they may have been for many years. Or, and they go, wow, gosh, I just thought I was competitive or, or whatever it might be. But actually, no. You know, we're living in this day and age now where everything is instant with Instagram and you know everything else like that. And it's just talking about it makes me feel anxious. Yeah. Tell me about it. I'm, t- I'm hoping you stop soon because I'm like, I can't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a couple more questions about the elements just before we move yep. on. Can your element change or am I metal for life? You are metal for life, which okay. is great. So you now know how you struggle and where you struggle. <laughs> And you can come for treatments and I can kind of nudge it in the right direction. So no, it's something that you you kind of come in with. Yeah. So it's, um, I mean, the Chinese or ancient Chinese were amazing. You know, this, this tradition is 5,000 years old, which is incredible. Um, So to understand this, it's a bit, um, a bit bit mind blowing in a way and quite complicated, but a way to quickly describe it. And I'm going to, you know, relate this to your treatments. No difference to tuning into a radio or a frequency. When patients first come to me, it's a bit like they come in and they're a bit more like fuzzy and foggy. Yeah. In themselves and how they operate, how they interact, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So no, it's no different to, I'm trying to relate it to something. Okay. So when I was younger, you're Canadian, aren't you? So not <laughs> okay. So in the UK, on a Sunday evening, with top forty hit songs play on the radio, and I live by the coast, so I would kind of tune into it on my little kind of cassette radio thing. And because I live by the coast, the frequency wasn't very clear. But you know, I was itching to hear what the latest Kylie song was, whatever it might be. Blah 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 blah. They're ready to press record. And I would just simply accept the fact that this kind of fuzziness in the back, I couldn't get the proper, whatever it was, 98.2 frequency in. I was like, no, it's fine. Then on the Thursday in the UK, what we have is, a show, what we had was a show called Top of the Pops. And Top of the Pops was a show where, you know, the top 10 or whatever would play and perform. And so, you know, itch to watch that. And up until then, I'd be like, used to the songs and, you know, know the dance routines, whatever, blah, blah. <laughs> And then I'd be like watching Top of the Pops and it would feel incredible because you would see it in color, all vibrant, but the sound would come through and there's no interference. And it's like, oh my God, this is how these songs are meant to be. 
bit like, you know, playing the studio recording. So it's no difference when a patient comes in, in that when they come in, it's all kind of emotionally and kind of mentally fizzy and fuzzy. And then what the needles do is, by, of course, by making the correct diagnosis, it's sort of tuning them back into where they need to be. So they obviously, for me, it's a bit like Thursday night top of the pops. They get off their couch and they feel like it's like they're plugged into something and they're, they're in full color, high definition. And so you get that instant feedback. The patient immediately kind of looks different, feels different, sounds different, they behave differently. It's an easier relationship you have with the patient. And you can see it's an easier relationship they have with themselves. And they come back the following week or month or whatever, and you see progress within that. And they come back, maybe they're not as fuzzy and fizzy, but it kind of they're nudging in slightly in that direction, and then the needles put them back on track. Yeah. Which I'm sure, you know, over since I've known you and treated you, that's I'm, I'm trying to relate it to this. Is, it, would that, is that how you might experience treatments? I think that is the perfect way to describe it. And the thought of you listening to Kylie on Thursday, <laughs> whatever, is so cute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I. I always, you know, I have a lot of friends who are maybe skeptics or whatever, and they like ask me, you know, how does it feel? And is it instant? And I say, it is instant. And I wouldn't even say it's super subtle, but it's with so within yourself, it's hard to explain because exactly what you said, it feels like you're being plugged in. I genuinely feel like different in myself, if that makes sense. I feel like the same me, it's me in there but just it's not as hard to exist, if I can put it yeah, that way. Exactly. So I think that brings me on to a point of talking about um, what we label spirit. So you, you probably heard of the thing, you know, body, mind and spirit, which is quite commercial now mm-hmm. in, in every regard. So in five element acupuncture, it, in, this is ultimately a spiritual tradition. So our goal is to help people kind of be aligned body, mind, spirit. So we hear this term, like I say all the time, it's very commercial with, you know, blah, 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 body, mind, spirit, body, mind, spirit, et cetera, et cetera. In this tradition, what we're really talking about is the kind of actual, think of it like qualitative experience about being who you really are. And, you know, what people lose touch with is who they really are. So, you know, when people have problems or they do not feel right in themselves, they, come, they become very kind of heady in their minds. We're human beings, but we're not just body and mind. There is spirit there. So, you know, what they do, they become very heady and they try and fix problems uh, and end up, you know, being these bodies with minds. So the spiritual part, it's that spontaneous action or thoughts and feelings that arise from, you know, when we are balanced, you know, yeah. which pretty much kind of get neglected and things. So in this style, this, this, is, this is a kind of our starting point, and this is you know, the magic ingredient as such. What tends to happen is, you know, a patient might come in with lots of physical symptoms, and when I see them in treatment too, is those physical issues might still be there to, you know, to a degree or so, but what they report is they feel different somehow in themselves. And it's yeah. almost like that access to that spontaneous actions kind of get, you know, they get ignited again. Yeah. And they remember who they are, you know, Typical feedback is, oh, this is how I used to feel. And then, of course, what will happen is, you know, we might not see that patient to three months later. And I said, yeah, yeah. And, and they're kind of back in the, their heady atmosphere and they're going, oh, my God, oh, my God. I just want to get back to how, you, how I was last time, which, you know, may have lasted a few weeks. But after a while, they kind of go off course again. Yeah. Because, you know, very hard times. And what treatment does, plugs you back into the right direction. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. You did something. 
So how long can treatment last? A couple of weeks? I mean, the, when I get so excited to see you, because I know that the following week is going to be lit and I'm going to feel great. But, you know, yeah. eventually, like now, I'm in desperate need of an appointment. Maybe we can book me in after this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you start to feel yourself slipping in a way. And, you know, for me, acupuncture has become one of those things where it's like, I look forward to it so much. And I know how it makes me feel. So how long does, does it last and do you need to keep it up? I mean, everyone is completely different. I mean, we're all unique human beings. No, there's no human being like, you know, yourself out there. There's no double act of estate as such. So, you know, so the fact that we're all unique, we all have a unique diagnosis as well. So everyone's kind of uh, treatment plan, let's say, is, is kind of different. So some people need more, some people need less. But typically, you know, when I, when I see a new patient for the first time, we see them maybe a couple of times within a month. So we might say, you know, come for weekly treatments for, uh, I don't know, three, four, maybe five weeks. And that really is to kind of um, make sure as a five element practitioner that we're, we're spot on with the diagnosis. Because if we're not, you know, you know the patient isn't going to improve. So we've got to be kind of with ourselves and, and you know, it, it's, we kind of we've got to work it out in a sense also you know we've got to kind of clear the decks so to speak there's a, there's a few kind of clearance techniques that we do which is basically like think of it like making way for treatment and then once that's done we then kind of build the foundation of treatments so and that you know it's not like it's not a protocol as such so the first treatment in a way is a little bit like a question we're saying, okay, is this the bit in you that needs strengthening you know is this the element that kind of went down when you come back the following week we get nice feedback, like I said before, about, you know, they feel different in themselves, da -da -da -da, they're perhaps sleeping a little bit better, you know, X, Y, and Z. And we go, great, we need to see some kind of change on some level to know that we've landed with you. So then what we do is we build on that. So we'll do a few weekly sessions and it's literally like no, no difference building a house. You've got to put the foundation in first. When I'm, when I'm really comfortable with that, I'll say, great. And okay, now go away for three or four weeks. And let's see if the benefits that you've gained stay with you in that time. So if you come back three weeks later and you go, yeah, I feel good, you know, or da, 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 we go, okay, great, go away for a month. You know, then after that, go away for six weeks. But you might come back after three weeks and say, you know what, I felt great for a week and then I crashed. Mm -hmm. So that's information as a practitioner to say, okay, either what we call a block has come up or maybe we haven't made the correct diagnosis. But the idea is, this is a, pre a preventative kind of system of medicine in a way, in that the goal is I see you only three or four, or four times a year. Mm. And in that time, you remain simply happy and healthy. Okay, that's interesting. Now, do since this is kind of traditionally a spiritual practice in a way, do you have to be spiritual and believe in all the spiritual side of this stuff to be a patient? No, not at all. You can come, you, you come in and it's, I'm very curious about human behavior anyway, and that kind of thing. So when a patient comes and they might not believe it because perhaps their wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever has sent them. And so they kind of sit there a bit like, mm, okay. And providing I make the right diagnosis, the next time they come back, they go, yeah, I've, I feel different. <laughs> it's almost like they don't, they don't want to believe it to a degree. Um, you know, this is why at the end of the session, we say, you know, pay attention to any, any kind of change across the board, not yeah. necessarily why you've come for treatments for whether it's, you know, sperm production or anxiety, whatever it might be. Um, so going back to your question about, about um, having to be sort of spiritual, you know, not at all. And you, you haven't even got to understand what we do. So when you right. come for treatment, I'm not going to give you a lecture of, okay, well, these are the elements. Da -da -da, yeah. da -da -da. I mean, recently we do, um, so I work at Kite Clinic and Kite Clinic is very well known for fertility and Jared, Jared Kite, who's the um, founder of the clinic, I mean, he wrote a book um, several years ago called The Art of Baby Making and within that, you know, describes our approach and of course talks about the elements. So patients now come in who have read the book and would like to know what element they are and that's quite a new thing for me because before I would just do what I would do and they wouldn't know what I'm diagnosing or, or and they would just hopefully feel the benefits as such. 
And um, so now that it's a bit like, oh, they want a tutorial as well, which is fine. And they, they get excited about that. They want to know what element they are, et cetera, et cetera. Not that you have to know that in a way, but like yourself. So you know a little bit about the metal elements. Um, and for you, perhaps, I mean, for myself, my element is water. And I think to know a little bit about that probably helps with when I struggle and I can't have treatment, I'm going, oh, okay, because this is how I struggle. Yeah. And like, okay, I can have a bit more compassion with myself. I can hit the pause button and go, you know what? Pull yourself back from the edge. It's okay. You know, this, you're struggling because this is how you manifest. I just find it so helpful as far as a tool of self-understanding, you know, and this is really like what we're all on the same journey of trying to figure out who we are, what makes us a certain way, why we might feel a certain way. And I find it very weirdly comforting but it's interesting that people are now more interested than ever before about their element and whatever else i mean i know enough that i've sent many people your way and none of them yeah, know you. or care or whatever about their element and i'm like what element are you and he, they're like i didn't ask and i don't care <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but you know if patients want to know I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say well this is what i'm treating you on i could be wrong you know you know i'm not saying that this is it um, yes, like you say before, you know, does your element change? No, it doesn't. But I've got to work out what the heck it is. So, yeah. you know, with some patients, and I'll be brutally honest here, is that, you know, I don't know. And I do struggle. And I go, okay, what is this? I mean, luckily here at the clinic, at clinic, we're, we're a team. So if I do struggle and I'm, I'm having a patient that's not responding to treatment, I can pull on, you know, other people and we can work it out. As, and so... My colleague Mia or, or Jared will perhaps see them for a second opinion and we'll look at what I've done, et cetera, et cetera. And we go, oh, that's what I missed. Mm. Um, so, and, and again, but the patient doesn't have to know that as such, but they're welcome to know in a sense. But also I'm quite happy to say to a patient, I don't think I've quite landed with you. Yeah. You know, you're not responding like how I would like. Um, I'm not saying it's not working as such, but I just said, I, I need time to figure this out. Or, you know, would you mind seeing Jared? Or would you mind seeing Mia for a second opinion? Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, you can't know everything about all of these different types of people. Like, it's so particular, if that makes sense. So maybe something okay. that's yeah. so obvious to you might not be obvious to one of your colleagues and vice versa. And as a practitioner, what, what we've got to do, I mean, because we're not diagnosing what the patient tells us. It's not like, oh, okay, well, the patient wants this out of treatments and they're saying that they feel like this. What the patient tells us to a degree is of no value as such. So we're more interested in, you know, the way in which they say their story. Yeah. And like I said before, the color, the sound, the odor, the emotion, etc. So when you get good rapport with the patient, the emotor, you know, comes off. And that's like, whoa, that's rotten, that's metal. Um, I think with yourself, session one or maybe session two, I probably called Jared, it, my colleague Jared, in just yeah, very, very briefly to perhaps check a pulse. Yeah. But what he's really doing is getting a first hit. It, so when he came in, and I do it with him, with his patients too, is how does the patient respond in that first instance? That's what I was talking about in the waiting room. I remember when he came in and I had already been crying so much because I was right. in such a state. And when he came in and he was feeling my pulse, I don't know whether or not it was just like another person taking the time to, you know, see how I was feeling. But I remember I just started crying again and he was, I was just like, oh my God, I just met these two people and I am a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I mean, and that, but we need that. We need to see the true state of, of the patient in front of us. As a practitioner, what we're, what, what we're doing is we're, we're more like instruments in a sense. So, you know, we're not, like I said before, we're not taking down your story or, or anything like that. We're, we're tuning into something else. And sometimes, you know, as a practitioner, we can get in the way of that. So if I come to work one day and I'm stressed, out, I don't know, finding somewhere to live or whatever it might be, or stressed out about I missed the train, etc. etc. I'm not going to be a very good practitioner if I can't leave that at the door. Yet yeah, then I'm going to probably be treating your stories. Oh, Esther's saying she's this, this, and this. Okay, well, I'll do points that kind of resemble that within metal. And then you see the patient next week and the feedback's not very good or the next time. And you go, oh, okay, well, I wasn't in the right state of being myself that time so you've as a practitioner you've really got to be like you know what i've got to leave myself and my own stuff outside the room 
and go in and just kind of be an instrument in a sense and go, okay, so what is the imbalance here with the patient? How are they struggling and how can I help? Well, how do you do that? How do you leave your own life at the door? And not only that, but get into a state where you can be that instrument for someone else's energy. How the hell do you do that? I mean, luckily, I love what I do. So I, mean, I look forward to um, coming to work or going to work. Um, I mean, the most stressful part of my day is just getting here on time. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> and being on time for patients. That's my thing. Um, but no, it's because I love what I do so much. So when, when I interact, say, with you, so when you come in and I see, I get that first hit in the waiting room, you come downstairs and kind of observing how you walk and enter the room, how you sit down in the chair, et cetera, et cetera, all these kind of little subtle things that really help with the treatments. Of course, we have an interaction and it might seem quite pleasant on one level. Um, and, but on another level, it's, there's something else I'm kind of tuning into, which I can only do if I feel sort of, um, you know, well within myself yeah, and that I have just been, you know what, that phone call I had about, I don't know, banking, whatever it might be, tax, blah, 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 I've got to just literally shed. Yeah. And, 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 and you, in time you can do that. And then what happens is you'll notice when I treat you, um, I say, great, you know, what I need is your back, your legs, whatever it might be. I go out and I wash my hands. And that is to a degree like a meditative thing in terms of when I'm washing my hands, obviously for hygiene, etc. It is a bit like, okay, I am kind of internalizing. I'm going, okay, what, what, not even este, what, what is, what's the metal element doing? Or not even that. I'm going, I've got a large intestine laying on my couch, <laughs> bringing it back to the organs or what we call officials. Okay. What is not happening with a large intestine? You know, I might have the diagnosis. Okay. Metal, large intestine. And there's many things we could do with that. Until I leave the room, take myself away from you, I wash my hands. It's like you go, okay, what's not happening with the large intestine? And then you go back and you go zing, 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 this. I think the only way I can kind of relate to that is like if I'm on a set somewhere and there are certain things I know I need to say, but I don't really know how I'm going to say it. Usually before the camera starts rolling and somebody says action or whatever else, it's usually not that exciting. I literally take a minute and I get in a zone and it is a type of meditation where it's just like okay and we're on and you know then you kind of have that similar experience you come back into the room and then we haven't even spoken about the various points on the body there are i assume yeah. hundreds of points on the body and so once you've determined all the stuff we've already spoken about you pick a few points and yeah. do you want to maybe talk about some of your favorite um, yeah, so basically, you know, so luckily with this system, you know, so, so when you're comfortable again with the diagnosis out of the five elements, so, you know, when you come for treatments, I go, great, I've got este, metal, and she's, you know, on the side of large intestine. So that's where I'm going to be focusing my, my efforts. Yep. So there are about 360 odd acupuncture points on the body. Um, there are 14 meridians. But luckily, all I've got to do with the diagnosis is only focus pretty much on the large intestine meridian and its partner meridian, the lung. So I can already bin the rest in that moment. So I'm going to worry like, oh my God, 400 points almost. And you know, what's there to do? I'm now going, great, metal, lung, colon. There's like, I don't know, 20 odd points on, on, the, on the large intestine. And there's, I think, about 11 points or so on the lung. So I'm just looking in that window. And I'm going, okay, what is not happening here? So what is not happening for Estee with the large intestine and also help the lung as well? So, um, it, so when you come, you'll notice that I focus a lot perhaps on the upper chest, sometimes the upper back and also the arms. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of the, where the meridians for both, both of those organs flow. Uh, yeah, and, and with you, what, what you respond to the most, I would say, is when I do the, the, the entry point for the lungs, the entry point for the lung is literally just above the lungs under the color, collarbone here. And that really kind of connects you back into kind of the reality of being as such. So you might be kind of bogged down with, with various things in life, the detail of life, let's say. And what I want to do is kind of plug you back into kind of the reality of, of, of the human experience in a sense. 
So, you know, that, that is a, one of my favorite points for you, is, you know, for you when, when you come, when you are struggling, let's say. Mm -hmm. Also, another great point for yourself is, um, that I do, and it's called GB12. GB12 is a uh, heavenly pillar, which sounds great. And that is on the back, right in the center, between the shoulder blades. And it's on what we call the governor vessel. And the point heavenly pillar basically brings the kind of the, the lungs and the heart um, together as such, because they're, they're obviously very, you know, the lungs wrap around the heart and it makes them kind of work equally sort of together. And they're in the regions of what we call sort of the heavenly region as such. So bod uh, body pillar, it gives you that sort of, um, like I say, pillar that the strength stand up, but also to let go of the old, like that feeling of rolling back your shoulders and be able to, you know what, head up, I've got the, the pillar of my back. I'm going to move on with strength and sort of dignity. I need that. I need you that. Need that. So treatment. <laughs> I know. I need to come back. I'm like actually talking about it to all of my friends who come see you. I'm like, I really need to go see Johnny. Just hearing you talk about that, it, it, I kind of came up with another example of how it makes me feel. It's kind of like when your flat is so messy and there's shit everywhere and you kind of like go through and you get rid of all the old stuff you don't need anymore and you put everything back in its right place and you just have a glass of wine at the end of the day and think, yeah. oh, that's how I feel. You know what? That, that is the large intestine. Oh. So that's, you know, yeah, so, you know, that's what I treat you on mostly and that's exactly. So, you know, when you think of the large intestine from a Western point of view, it helps create bowel movements. Yeah, it gets rid of the waste. Yeah, so that's exactly in a way what you're doing when you're cleaning out your flat. You're getting rid of the old. Ultimately, what the large intestine does is the final part in the whole digestive tract that looks for the little nutrients to put back in the system. Mm. Yeah. So, and and the, the the bowel movement is just a byproduct or a side effect of that. So when you're cleaning your flats, you know, getting rid of the shit, the old, you know, all that kind of stuff, but. You're probably going, oh my God, I forgot about this. I love this. I'm going to keep this. I'm going to polish it up and yeah. make my mantelpiece. And then you sit down with your glass of wine and go, oh, I love that, that candle holder, whatever it might be. Yeah. And you've got rid of crap, which you put on your doorstep for you know, the rubbish men to come along and take it away. Yeah. So the human body is no different. So what happens with someone who's perhaps metal is that that's not happening as much. So you know, when you come for treatments and we click you into how to be, it's... It, it's no, um, it's no surprise to go home and clear your flat and polish up your candle holders, whatever they are. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> so go, cool. glass of wine. Yeah, yeah. I need that. I mean, for us, I mean, ultimately, what the aim is here, or what the needles do, is to help you be, you know, who you really are. If you are who you are, there's no room for things like anxiety. There's simply, just no room for it, right? So, but I mean, a lot of people come to us and don't even realize that they're anxious. So, you know, they come back after session one and be like, oh my God, I feel different or whatever it is. Da, 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 da. It's a bit like that thing of, um, you know, what's called that frog in the pot thing where the frog doesn't realize it's, it's in a pot until it's too late. So a lot of patients come to us in their mid thirties and they're used to feeling a certain way. They're used to the symptoms that they have. It's just their norm. Yeah. They feel like, well, you know, I've had this shoulder pain for so long and I've had, uh, I don't know, IBS for so long and I've had I've just the anxiety is just part of my um, full, you know, my, my, my job, which is, you know, providing for my life, et cetera, et cetera. So, so they're just on this roller coaster, ups and downs, et cetera. Um, so anxiety it is a big one. And then when we treat them and we push them in the right direction, they kind of realize, oh my God, yeah feel different and and this is where we see patients they start to perhaps maybe they quit their job or you know maybe they in their relationship or it's a bit like they've realized their kind of potential and and they see what they need to do in, in order to to um regain full health yeah i would say that um beginning acupuncture with you was definitely a type of awakening in my personal life and mm. you know it's just because so many things just started falling into place in a different and unique way. And I started noticing things differently and there was more space for me to actually observe it and whatever else. But okay. Is there anything else that we have not covered about five element acupuncture that you would like to say? We didn't even get to talk about the fact that you used to be a stunt man. Oh, I know. So yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, that, yeah, in my twenties, that's what I did. I mean, I used to travel, I used to go to China and Australia and I'd be a stuntman um, and I would get set on fire and I would do these fight scenes and I was a bit on Doctor Who and Torchwood, if you remember those shows and the Royal Opera House, all that kind of stuff. But what, what treatment did for me, I was having treatment during that time and I suddenly realized, oh my God, what I do is really strange <laughs> in that it's not normal to get set on fire. So, <laughs> right? But I just did it. It's like this adrenaline just took over and I just did it. Um, but that for me showed where my two degree, where, you know, where my imbalance was. So my element for me, it, it's water. And those who, whose element is water, it's all about fear. Either they have a very inappropriate relationship with fear. Either they're too fearful at times or completely fearless. So I had like a really weird, you know, I was quite happy to be set on fire, you know, four times a day in live shows in China. But yeah, you know, I would be paranoid I left a light switch on or something when, <laughs> when, oh I, when I was, gosh, when I was you, know, you know, locking up the, the apartment. Um, so that's a clear indication of just, you know, not a good relationship with fear here. So what treatment did for me was it just kind of ironed that out. And it was Jared who treated me and I just became very passionate about, about this. And like yourself today, constantly asking him questions. So what does this do? What does this mean? What does that do? And he just said to me, why don't you just be an acupuncturist? Yeah. I went, oh, oh you, you, you can do that? Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I did. I went and got trained and, um, and he was very good. He was in the wings the whole time and uh, got me trained up. And now, now I work here while with him. That's amazing. All of the stunt men listening are like, oh my gosh, maybe I have an inappropriate relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm like, set my fire? No way. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to me, Johnny. That was so interesting. And I learned so much, not only about myself, but about the whole thing. And you know what? If all of this social media stuff kills me one day, which you know what? It's possible. I think maybe I might train to be an acupuncturist. I find it so do it. I Have a look at yellowpath.com, which is I the um, yellow path on in my email. Yeah. So I will check that out. Maybe curious, just you know, if you want to know a little bit more about about the approach. Okay, okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Estee. Um, I look forward to to listening to this and to your others and to seeing you in person soon. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll email you with some options. <laughs> okay. Bye, Jeffrey. Bye, Estee. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Estee Lalon Show. If you'd like to keep up to date with all of our new episodes, make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Estee Lalon Show. If you want to be extra nice and support the show, then you can leave us a rating as well. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.